Welcome to Wine, Spirits, and, and Witches. Witches. This is Monica. And this is Shauna. And we're your High Priestess for this evening. And we are joined by everyone's favorite Astro Witch, Taddy McCoy. Yay! Hi, everybody! We are going to talk to you tonight about the astrology forecast for March, talk about what fuckery Mercury Retrograde is finishing up with, because that's really the extent of my astrology knowledge. Um, but before we get into that and before we get into what we're drinking, Monica and I have a little special announcement for everyone. Woohoo! Woo um, every month we do a, a segment that we call Ask Estrega and you guys have been so awesome sending us really good questions that I think are, are amazing and they, they actually really make me think and test my knowledge sometimes you know me too so i love it keep them coming we've had some really cool stories come in too and i think we finally got this momentum that we're starting to get a lot of questions so don't um worry we haven't forgotten about anyone we're getting to your questions and to make it easier instead of having a one hour once a month episode of ask Estrega, we are going to start breaking it into mini-sodes Yay. that's exciting i'm super excited about it. so now like depending on on the content i think for right now we might start with like every other week, so a mini-sode every two weeks, but I'm hoping that as everyone keeps sending in all of these awesome stories and questions, we can build up to once a week for a mini-sode real easy. Yeah. So I love it, and I'm super excited. Me too. Very excited about this. So there, there was my, my uh, official announcement. Yes. So now let, let's get to the booze. Well, you know when we have a guest, we always drink Strega. Hell yeah. Yay. So there you go. Bottoms up, motherfuckers. Slancha, slancha, slancha. So good. <laughs> good for what ails you. Good for what Oh, it just. It's I just feel fun. like I get that, and then I'm just ready for to do this podcast. <laughs> right. It's my motivation. My podcast hat is now on. You just feel all, all tingly and Italian on the inside. It feels, it feels a little. Tickly in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Italians know how to do it. That's yeah. Keep going down, mm. right? So, before we get into what March is all about and what's coming at us and what the planets are up to, you had an Ask a Taddy question. Yeah, speaking of questions, I had a really great question that came in from Onyx Kessio. And Onyx is from the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. Hi, Onyx. Hi, Onyx. You're fucking awesome. I love her. Yeah, thanks for your question. And the question was basically, um, what are some good beginning books? You know, so beginning astrology books. You know, I'm just going to tell you the two I started with and then give you one other tidbit. The one that I started with was the only astrology book you'll ever need by Joanne... Martine Wolfolk. It used to be the big purple one, but I think it's blue now. Yeah, they like changed. I think they I changed. Have yeah, one of the last. Purple yeah, ones. I had the purple one. My niece Isabella still has the markings on the back from when she was a little girl <laughs> from nineteen ninety. Yeah, back in the late nineties. Um, and then the other. So the thing about this book that's great is it's, you know, beginning books. You need to have simple, basic, you know. What does Aries mean? What does Taurus mean? What does Venus and Aries mean? What does Venus and Taurus mean? They're little paragraphs and you just can glean, you you can pick up key words. And once you get these simple, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this author is simple by any means, but it's a great reference spot. You can go pull it out and it's a, it's a chunk of information. Um, 
very resourceful. It's very reference oriented. Now, the other book that was, it's almost like a step up from just a reference book, um, which I fully recommend, is Astrology, A Cosmic Science. It's the classic work on spiritual astrology. And this is the uh, well-known Isabel Hickey. This book is a treasure trove of getting really diving deeper into astrology uh, on that spiritual level. Um, it is reference oriented because it's it's just laid out very, you know, it, it goes through the signs, it goes through the planets, it goes through the houses, and then it takes, you know, this planet in this sign means what, and then it goes through um, aspects between. It's, it's, you know, both of these are really good places to start. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention is, you know, when I started astrology, there was no internet. And let's be honest, right now, a lot of people do research on the internet. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's important to to really trust your sources. And if you're going to do some beginning research on astrology, I think Cafe Astrology is a good place to start. They're trustworthy. They're right on. You know, they have great descriptions. And they give great... I frequent them constantly when I want to judge people burst based off of their birth chart yeah so cafe astrology is good and then the other one is just astro.com and they're i believe they're swiss and they have a lot of really good information too they almost have they they they, they cater to beginning intermediate and advanced like you can get a subscription and and get a lot of information and you know robert hand you know any book by robert hand is going to be a good place to start and I believe that he has done a lot of the writing for Astro.com. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, one other thing I wanted to say is, so, you know, when I was a baby astrologer witch before the internet, I had books. Um, and then once the internet came around, I started able to do stuff on the internet. Well, what's great about the internet is it really does connect people. So if you can go to meetup.com, you know, meetup.com is a great place to find um, astrology in your area. There's a lot of astrology groups, you know, people still like I'm a I'm a, you know, active with the National Council for Geocosmic Research, which is the NCGR. And we post everything on Meetup because people go to Meetup to find events. Mm -hmm. So if you can find some sort of astrology meetup in your area and talking to people, that's another good way. You know, everybody always welcomes beginner and they may even have like a beginner class. That would be awesome. Yeah, to check that's, out. that's a good place to start. Very good. Thank you for that. Yeah, thanks it, for the question. It's totally, like, overwhelming, especially, like, for astrology, at least in my experience. Like, anytime I've really tried to get into it, I'm like, there is so much to understand, and then my tiny little head explodes. And I go, never mind, I'll just call Taddy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, when you have an astrologer, you don't have to do that work. Um, you know, you, you can hit up your astrologer. But for people who are interested, here's the thing about astrology is that it's basically learning another language. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in astrology, you're, you're not going to go from being interested in it to being able to read a chart overnight. You have to learn the language. Just like if you want to learn French, you got to learn, you know, your one, two, threes, your ABCs. And let me tell you something. I did no cards for astrology because I was so interested. No cards. You know, you draw, it. you draw the, the symbol or you write Venus and on the back that that no cards are an amazing. I mean, I, I know I do use no cards when I learned, you know, French in high school. I've done them for numerology. When yep. I was learning numerology, the first thing I did was run to the dollar store yep. and go buy some flash uh, note cards and I made myself little numerology flashcards. Um, 
we since you know we did say that we're gonna start ask Estrega as a weekly hopefully weekly mini so if you guys have questions for Taddy seriously like include them when you guys send us stuff I've gotten stuff through our email wine spirits and witches at gmail.com our wine spirits and witches Instagram we get messages all the time so if you guys have Taddy questions let me know and just title it Taddy question or email Taddy Taddy McCoy at gmail.com you can email her and ask questions and then she can kind of suss it out and see like do you need a session where she can like get one-on-one -on -one with you and totally break stuff down or if it'd be a good ask a tatty thing and we can feature it on our tatty episode every month so this way we can all learn about astrology as well as witchcraft because it's all really involved in the more you know like knowledge is power everything I, is connected i agree mm -hmm. and i you know i think the questions are great i mean it's been two months in a row that i've had questions we had the the supermoon question and now the beginner books question. And I so, also gave you a homework because I had a question. That and and, and <laughs> my, my sweet witch had some homework for me and we're ready to talk about that. So ask whatever your whatever's easiest for you to go directly to the Instagram to ask questions or to email me directly. Whatever's easiest on you, we will help you and we will, would love to um, connect you with your answers. 100%. Yeah. I love all the questions. They're so good. You guys are all just... I, I just love the way that everybody thinks and everyone's different with their thought process. And I have to say, like, we get questions from a lot of people that call themselves a baby witch or a novice witch, and they ask such good questions that I don't know if I asked that when I was just starting out. And I'm surrounded by people of all levels now, and I feel like the more intermediate and advanced people don't ask questions like that. So you guys are good. Mm -hmm. And with that... Tell me about the fuckery of the planets. All right, March. here we go into March. All right, so uh, we have our first quarter on March 2nd, and that'll be at 12 degrees Gemini. And the very next day on March 3rd, we've got Venus square Saturn. Now, this is, this is not necessarily a, a fun day, a fun, fun energy, but the thing is, it is Venus. Something with uh, Venus and Saturn is just to be mindful of money, you know, mindful of your love. Um, you know, if, you know, because Mercury is still retrograde, you know, there could be some relationship conversation that gets spurred by this energy. Nothing's ever bad and nothing's ever too much to handle by any means. It's just, it's good to be mindful. There's a coldness to Venus and Saturn at a harsh angle. So just be just be aware of that that day. On the fourth, um, we have a couple things going on. Mercury is still retrograde, and Mercury goes back into Aquarius. So leaving that emotional watery Pisces, it goes into Aquarius briefly until it goes back direct, and we'll talk about in the next week or so. Um, so just you know, it's going to be an energy change while Mercury is in retrograde. So just what does that mean? Because Aquarians. As an Aquarius, I don't really know if I actually fit your standard Aquarian stereotype. I know that Aquarians are very um, ungrounded, very creative, and kind of like airy-fairy and kind of just blow wherever the wind takes them. I also know that they're really detached. Well, the thing about Aquarius is that it is, it's also very innovative. So okay. some of that detachment could become, could come from, there's... The mind is so focused on figuring things out or engineering that they may seem detached from emotional mm -hmm. issues. So because we're talking about Mercury, we're focusing on communication. So 
Mercury is retrograde, so we're still doing the revisiting, revamping. We're being mindful. We're thinking before we speak. Mercury was in Pisces. It's emotional. It's watery. It's it's dreamy, kind of confusing. And to go back into Aquarius just means that some of the communication could leave that emotional spot but become a little detached and a little odd. Okay. Okay. All is right. all it can mean. And and uh, but to be honest with you, you know, Mercury, I believe it, I believe it's exalted in Aquarius. So, it's a better it's a more uh, comfortable fit for Mercury than Pisces is all. Cool. So, the thing is is that on that same day, um, Venus then moves into Taurus, which is very nice because that's a ruler. So, Venus is very comfortable. Leaving Venus in Aries and going <sighs> Venus into Taurus, it's going to be a comfortable spot for issues of money and love, which is great. So when you say that it's a comfortable spot, does that mean it's a good time to kind of work on them? Like our, our issues are easier to get worked through while, the, while it's in Taurus? I think that what I'm saying is, is that any issues of money and love mm-hmm. are going to be easier cool. than when they were in Aries. Got you. Okay. You might have already said that and I totally no, spaced. No, not at all. I went straight from drinking Strega to White Claw, so I'm I'm a little, you know, Aquarian. Area, airy, fairy, not fully paying you're, attention. You're perfect <laughs> because somebody out there had that same question, I'm sure of it. All right, so let's go. Let's move up to March 8th. Now, the reason why I want to talk about March 8th is that March 8th is Daylight Savings. Oh, yeah. And Ugh. separate... Separate from astrology, this is the daylight savings where we spring back. We go, we, we lose an hour. Mm-hmm. It is literally a proven fact that there are more accidents on after this time change. Really? There are more accidents and there are people have more heart attacks. It's like scientifically proven. Oh, wow. Hey, yes. Isn't it spring, forward, fall, back? Oh, did I say it the wrong way? Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. You just and, you know, I'm Taddy and I had some Strega and I'm drinking my whiskey because I'm Taddy McCoy. So, my, <laughs> my apologies. You know what was funny? I was really like, dude, it's time, it's time. And I go, ugh. And then you hear Ricky go, I can't wait. So, just for the record, I'm excited about the sun staying out longer because I'm already a, a hermit and a homebody. Yeah. But, like, when I go to work and it's morning and it's daytime and then I get off work and it's fucking night, like, I'm done. So, hopefully, I'll be a little bit more active. But that whole having to it's, lose that hour. It, the thing is, that's the part that bothers me. We lose an hour of sleep. Can you, we just keep the daylight all the time? Just saying, like, I think this is an outdated well, practice. I, I we think, don't need it. Oh, I thought you were saying, let's have it be daylight all the time. I'm like, well, that would go against Alaska. the cosmic flow, but... Go to Alaska. You go know ahead. what? When I was in Hawaii, we rented this Airbnb, and it was like a duplex, and so the other people that were renting the other unit were from Alaska. And so, first of all, it was fucking negative 40 where they're from. Like, when we were there, I'm like, I was like, oh, like, how are you liking the weather? They're like, it's negative 40 right now at our house, so this is really nice. I'm like, what the ever-living fuck does that even feel like? Humans are amazing. But then they were telling me about, like, when it's daylight all the time, and I'm just, I'm so intrigued by it. I'm too much of a vampire. I don't, I'm too goth. I couldn't handle that. No, I couldn't handle that. Yeah. I just, I want to see it for, like, a day and maybe see, like, a moose and Yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be, I mean, obviously experiencing experiencing the stars. I mean, we never get star. I mean, as an astrologer, it breaks my heart. I can barely see it. Oh, there's a little teeny faint light next to the moon. It, it, that For that alone, it would be exciting, you know? 
Yeah, so I think, well, we should just, you know what, we'll say that we're doing some kind of, like, bizarre, like, adventurous Alaska trip, but I think the three of us should just grab a bottle of Strega and just go, like, on an Alaskan cruise and just say that we did it. We were adventurous. We saw stars and sun and a moose. Right. (laughs) On the TV. No, just kidding. Okay, there we go. the thing about March 8th is that daylight savings is, it. it's a proven fact that there's more accidents, and it's it makes people a little weird and tired. Um, it's the tail end of Mercury retrograde. The other thing that's happening that day is that the sun is conjunct Neptune, which that energy is dreamy and foggy. So it's just, you know, people very easily could not be paying attention when they're driving. Um, we also have Venus conjunct Uranus, and that is uh, weird. It's it, There's nothing, there's no other word I can think of except it's weird. So I just would encourage people on March 8th and into March 9th, especially that morning commute, just to be extra careful. You know, get set up some sort of, you know, ward, set up, you know, you know re, refeed your Mercury retrograde candle or whatever work you're doing for the mercury retrograde uh those that day in the day because uh, the other thing is that the moon is full on the ninth oh. and you know spiritually for all of us oh that's great the full moon is a lot of energy but we also know that hospitals are more full during a full moon mm-hmm. people the freaks come out it, it's another like scientifically proven fact so i just i would like people to be mindful of accidents on those two days that's all that's all I'm saying. All right. We actually did prepare some stuff um, in regards to accident protection. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do this because we're psychic. We did this because Taddy gave us homework. <laughs> they are psychic. Well, that too. Well, you want to do it at the end so she can finish the report? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Someone, yeah. Will, someone remind me because I'll Yeah, we'll go, we'll, we'll go back. Okay. We'll go back. Yeah. So we've got the full moon on the ninth. Uh, Mercury does go direct on, uh, so West Coast time, it's 8.49 p.m. Um, and now again, this when a planet stations, which means the Mercury was going, moving retrograde, and it's going to go direct at 8.49. That means the day of the ninth is the stationary. So that's another, re- that's just another reason that on the 8th and 9th, I encourage people to be careful, to, to be aware, just be really aware of your communications, be aware of your surroundings, you know, seatbelts, all that kind of, all that kind of thing is just going to be super helpful. All right. We're cruising through. Uh, we have a Friday the 13th this month. Be witchy, be heretical. And there's a lot of really good flow that day. Um, all of the, all the, the moon is at really positive angles with Mars, Neptune, Jupiter, the sun, and Pluto. So, you know, you can do you can do any kind of working you want as far as I can tell because March 13th is, or excuse me, Friday the 13th is always a good day for witches. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm fine with the 13th. I, yeah. I think no it's, ex- well, do you think it's like a special day though? Like as a witch, do you? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I, I love it. I try and either do something witchy or I stay home and eat a bunch of ice cream and watch horror movies. But Perfect. either way, it's a special day. Yeah, abs- that's a, however you want to do it. I used to actually have, um, I used to always have Friday the Thirteenth parties when I lived in San Francisco. That's awesome. And I, it would, they would. I just remember one time. All I'm gonna say is, I believe there were some cops because there was still a DJ at six a.m. I don't know oh how it God. happened. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but I'm just saying it may have happened. All right. So, 
On the 16th, we have our third quarter, and Mercury goes back into Pisces. So we're coming out of the retrograde, moving back into Pisces. You know, this is a good time. You know, any any of these this art stuff that you were working on with your communication, you know, with your communication, any kind of poetry, keep at it because now that the energy is flowing, it's gonna it's going to you know flow is easy. Flow is, it makes things easier. Now, we hit uh, March seventeenth, which is a lot. You know, St. Patrick's Day. Um, I don't, as a as a Celtic witch, I would like to start a petition to call it Dogda Day because you know St. Patrick was a saint and he was known no, for the driving pagans. the pagans out. Yeah. But Dogda liked to drink a lot. He liked music. He liked to eat a lot. So I see St. Patrick's Day actually as Dogda's Day. Okay. So enjoy your whiskey and your corned beef. Yes. Now the other reason why I'm bringing up this. Uh, starting March 17th until the end of the month we have a lot of energy and I'm gonna get I'm gonna spell it out as each day comes we have a lot of Mars energy Jupiter energy everything's in Capricorn still but it's just that that many planets all together the moon is also in Capricorn on the 17th we have five planets in Capricorn so that's a lot, it's a lot of Capricorn, but it includes Mars and Jupiter, which is just amplifies energy. So we're going to start breaking this down. Um, we also have on, because basically by the 17th, all of these planets together are brewing a lot, just a hotbed of energy. It's already in going to be excitable and, you know, basically... A lot of, I just, I keep saying, repeating it. There's going to be a lot of energy starting on the 17th through the end of the month. On the 19th, the sun moves into Aries, which signifies the beginning of its spring equinox. That's the beginning of the astrological cycle. So it actually is National Astrology Day. It's oh, cool. the same is is the same as Ostara. Oh, because awesome. it's the beginning of the astrology cycle. And that's the thing is that, you know... Pisces is the last sign. So that shift from Pisces into Aries, we're starting anew. We're starting fresh. Aries is the baby. So all the cycles start all over again, That's starting on Ostara. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, totally. And as I was talking about the energy, on the 20th, Mars is conjunct Jupiter, which that means is that Mars, the planet of energy, vitality, aggression and Jupiter is abundance and big and opportunities those two together make for if everything is big energy you're gonna feel a lot of people are gonna be hyper is what you're gonna feel a lot of people are gonna be running around a lot of people are gonna have a lot going on a lot of places to be people to see it's gonna be happening um, the very next day we have Saturn which had spent the last two years in Capricorn is moving into Aquarius. This is called an ingress when a planet changes signs, especially the, the ones that are further out. So Saturn was in its ruler of Capricorn, which was hard, you know, foundational found foundations are based on hard work and being studious and um, meticulous. Now Aquarius is actually Saturn and co-rule is a co-ruler of Aquarius. So this is still a beneficial energy. 
Um, it's different than Capricorn because, again, Aquarius has this engineering element to it and it has this detached element to it. But, you know, when you think of somebody like, uh, I'm seeing his face, the, the big scientist, the... the um, Neil... It, what is the big scientist with the mustache? And he Albert did, Einstein. Albert Einstein. When you think, <laughs> think I am again with the straga and the whiskey. Oh, I guess. Okay. So when you think of somebody who is a like an astronaut, they have to work their entire life to be able to go up, up, up into space. Albert Einstein worked himself to the bone. Like that's Saturn in Aquarius. It's hard work and innovative and innovative thinking, basically. Cool. So the very next day we have Mars conjunct Pluto. Again with the energy. Mars is, you know, action, vitality, energy. Pluto is uh, usually on the transformative tra- transformative sign, but when you put the two together, it's a lot of energy. So especially because very quick around the corner, we have Jupiter conjunct Pluto. So I'm trying to lay it out step by step, but we what we basically have from the, for the end of the month is Mars. Mars is, tends to be an instigator, and it it plops in a lot of energy into these outer planets, which are planets of change. So whenever you've got Mars and Jupiter, Mars and Pluto, and then the very last day Mars and Saturn, there tends to be an abundance of energy. Now this can play out one of two ways. The one way it can play out is that if you are needing to do some sort of spell crafting, if you need to do, I gotta move, I gotta get a job, I, I'm not sure if I need to stay in this relationship. With this much energy planetary wise, it could absolutely help your um, ritual, it could help your spell, it can help whatever witchcraft you are working on. On the other, because it's it's basically the cosmos are are bringing to you flashes of a lot of energy to inspire you and to make you do this work and have change. But on the other hand of that, especially for those of us that are sensitive, we're talking about a lot of energy going on all around us throughout the end of March, wow. with Mars, Jupiter, Pluto. You know, the Moon is going to be in there. You know it, that 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 I mentioned earlier, um, that much energy could basically zap people. Mm. You, you could get, you can get depleted because when you go to the store and every, you know, you know, sometimes when you're driving on the freeway or you're in a store, you can just feel everybody's moving so fast. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a lot going on. Everybody's stressed out. Oh my God, I can't handle it. It's, it's kind of like with this much energy at the end of the month, you're either going to be able to do an amazing working or you could get zapped from an overabundance of, of like all of this energy that's that's uh, floating around us, basically. So I would think if you're someone that's naturally really hyper and just like really productive and going for it, this might be a time for you to actually chill because it might just push you into overdrive and maybe make you like overly aggressive, overly sensitive. And for more like mellow people, it would be a good time to like get your magical ass in gear and get some shit done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I mean, the, I mean, the other thing too is if, 
you know, if you're, you know, one of these people that tends to run really hyper, um, and you know, you need, you do need to have some sort of change in your life, you know, being aware of it instead of letting yourself get to that aggressive point, like keep yourself chill, but use the energy in your, in your ritual instead of in your, your mundane is, is how that could manifest in a better way. I like that. Does, like make, that. does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, like redirect it. Like, yeah. save, bottle it up and save it for a circle. Yeah, so a couple other things because I, I kind of jumped ahead because that there's just a lot of energy at the end of the month. Our new moon is on the 24th. Um, and, in, you know, obviously the new moon will be in Aries. And then on the 30th, Mars actually moves from Capricorn into Aquarius. Okay. And the very next day, Mars and Saturn are conjunct, which means they're right next to each other. Now, the reason why I want to point this out is that what's going to happen at the... So, a lot of energy starting on March 17th through the end of the month. Now, Mars is going to cause a lot of this energy to happen with Jupiter and Pluto. And then it's going to move into Aquarius and it's going to hit Saturn. And Saturn and Mars do not play well in the sandbox together because Mars is the child. Mars gets up and go. Mars is impulsive. Mars is energy. Saturn thinks before he talks. He sets structure. Saturn is the father. Mars is the baby, the child. So you see where I'm coming from, how they don't play in the sandbox well. So on the actual last day of the month, all of that energy that had been going on since the 17th, all of a sudden on the 31st, it's almost the opposite. It's like you're the energy, you have energy, but you can't get it to do anything and you're beating your head against a wall. Is something what that, day is this? The last day of the month, the 31st. Okay. Is it just something that lasts just the month? Like, are we going to wake up on the 1st and be like, oh, I'm glad that weird bout's over? It, it, it's, I mean, it It would be at least a day or two. So okay. I would say the 30th, 31st, and the 1st. Okay. There's just going to be like a weird bout. Yeah, but see, it's kind of contradictory because what's still happening on the 31st is that Jupiter and Pluto are together, mm-hmm. which is, you know, opportunities and energy it's it's making that transformative work of pluto be bigger okay so it's kind of both are happening at the same time which is the thing about astrology that you kind of have to piece out one thing piece out the other thing and then when you put them together what does that mean you know so if there's some big transformative thing that's been going on for people or you know in your life specifically on that day there's also a grinding halt with the energy that is like I don't know what to do with it. Wow. Okay. So, cool. um, one other thing I wanted to mention: um, we don't have a lot of um, void of course days, but on the twenty third, most of the day the moon is void of course. So again, on March twenty third, that's a good day to meditate, rest, you know, go to a counseling appointment. Not a good day to, you know, shop. You know, not a good day to do magic um, or really much. Like, I feel like a lot of things are, are your intentions for new things. It's a self-care day. Yeah, they're ineffective. It's just time to focus, yeah, on you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So just to, just so, the one other recap is the, the moon magic days. Mm-hmm. So we've got our first quarter on March 2nd at 11.57 a.m. 
12 Gemini. Monday, March 9th is the full moon, 10.48 a.m. at 19 Virgo. Monday the 16th is the third quarter, 2.43 a.m., 26 Gem uh, Sagittarius. And then our new moon is the 24th at 2.28 a.m. Uh, for Aries. So for the full moon, because it's full at 10.48 a.m., that Sunday night is going to be the good night to do like a full moon working. because so the 8th. The, the night of the 8th. Yeah, okay. I'm writing that one down. Three, eight. Um, magic moon. I swear my notes like must look like an insane person wrote them <laughs> if you really look at them. Um, it's funny that you bring up the void of course days. I mean, it's not funny because I know that you do it, I think, every month. So I shouldn't have been surprised. But I actually brought my recipe for the void of course bath. Good. Yeah. <laughs> good. It's uh, always good to have that. I think I might have mentioned it before on the show. I'm not sure. I know we talked about coming up with one. I, I think I actually changed up the recipe for it a little bit. But I did come up with one. And I didn't even write it down and bring it tonight because of everything being void of course. Or, well, for the 23rd when it's void of course. I actually brought it up because you were talking about how intense the energies are going to mm -hmm. get towards the end of the month and how there's days where people need to just like either you're going to be really inspired or you might be a little aggro and you need to chill and then we have everything all just all the insanity at the end when things get intense and when I had talked to you about recording this episode you said like it might be good for people to chill out so I'm like oh void of course bath would help with that yeah totally um so for those of you that are listening that don't have <coughs> A bathtub, Monica's mentioned it in other episodes where you can kind of roll the herbs in cheesecloth. Right. And um, then just like wipe down your body. Yeah. With the herbs. Yes. Almost like a sponge or something. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. So you can totally do that. So don't feel like just because you don't have a bathtub doesn't mean you can you don't get the benefits of this because you can do it that way too. So the void of course bath consists of a little bit of sea salt. I'd say about I mean, a lot of times when I do baths, I use Epsom salt and sea salt interchangeably, but I use anywhere between a half a cup to a whole cup of it, just depending on what I'm using, how how salty my little salty ass is feeling. Uh, camper, and you just want just like a teaspoon of camper. Camper's really strong, and you don't need a ton of it. Like you could probably even just like take a pinch, because really when we're talking about plant spirits, like it doesn't matter how much of the plant you're using, the spirits and the quality's there. So I wouldn't use any more than like half a teaspoon of camper. Camper chills you out. It's also a really good banishing herb. If you smell it, you're gonna be like, oh, it smells like Vicks, because that is the active ingredient. Because Vicks is witchcraft. I love it. I love Vicks. Of course you do. You're a witch. <laughs> um, and then you'll use a little bit of jasmine flower, which if you're in an area that it grows, you can totally pluck some of the little white flowers off. I personally love jasmine oil. I think it smells divine. And a little bit of mugwort. So the, when we're working with dried herbs such as mugwort or jasmine, it is a pain in a, a half of an ass. Not even just one regular ass. It's like an ass and a half. Um, to try and get 
freaking dried herbs out of your bathtub. I'm getting really passionate about this because I'm having flashbacks to the first time that I like thought I was being so witchy in my little witch bath and then I drained the water and there's dried herbs all over everything and I was like no. Um, so anyway what you can do is you can take them and you can boil them like a tea and then strain the actual herb out and have the essence in the water and add that to your bath. But it's a really good bath for void of course just to help you decompress and chill out. It's got lots of lunar energy in it. Um, and the mugwort is also in there, not just because it's a lunar herb, because it's also a psychic herb. Because sometimes when we, we want to do witchy poo stuff and it's just really not the right timing for it, we get frustrated. So the mugwort will also add a nice little kick if you want to like meditate in the bathtub. If you're someone that has any kind of kidney issues, please omit the mugwort. Mugwort is not kind to the kidneys. Not that using like a little pinch of it in bath water will fuck you up too bad, but you do want to just be aware of it. Um, so if I had a kidney problem, I just wouldn't use it at all and it won't take away from like the integrity of the bath. Good, good information. So that's, so basically that's a void of course soak that we've talked about and we're, because we're talking about how the end of the month, the energy is going to be so heightened that this is going to be a, a, another, it's a good, it's a good place to recharge and to just. Um, you know, yeah. fill, it, it, you know, the way that I look at that kind of energy, it's, you know, fill your reserves mm-hmm. before you go out. And so this is a good way to fill your reserves. So you're like ready to walk out your door the next day. Absolutely. And camphor also has the reason why I chose this as something to do for the end of the month is because camphor has really good cool off properties mm. to help you cool off and help you chill out. So if you're feeling like just extra, wow, like you could probably even add in a little bit of lavender if you want to, but I did choose this because yeah, it helps you just like kind of mellow out, cool off, let you, yeah, refuel yourself so that you can kind of get back to life and feel, you know, recharged and reinvigorated and ready to go. That sounds perfect. Very good. Very good. Yay. And then was there, what, so for people who want to do like a push and a spell, what's... What, what do you think is good for that? If I'm going to go the same road as doing baths, depending on what you want to do. And this bath may not smell good, but if you want like a push and a shove, this is going to do it. You can put salt in if you want, but actually my go-to is um, pour a cup of coffee in the bath. Just black coffee straight into your bathtub and a couple drops of dragon's blood oil, and that'll get your Ooh. ass in gear real fast. I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Through osmosis, right through the... <laughs> Wow. Right? And just fucking jump, like, just go, like, through through the bathroom door, like, let's go. And there's, like, just, like, the outline of you in the wood. Um, yeah, that really helps. And coffee, actually, I recommend it to a lot of people in my uncrossing bath sometimes because coffee has really interesting properties that helps break up stagnant energy, just, like, how it wakes us up when we're feeling stagnant. But sometimes when people have, like, really just, like, old, like, calcified energy kind of on them, coffee's like a sledgehammer to that shit. So it helps kind of break those kinds of things up and get it moving too. So that's a good one to use. And dragon's blood is really protective. So if you just felt really like just like meh and stuck and just hitting walls, like that'd be a really good one to to give it a try. Dragon's blood get, get, adds that extra punch to spells. Yep, absolutely. You know, it's an extra like booster. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, we were talking about accidents and protecting our car and protecting ourselves during this month. And uh, I have a few... Uh, little spells or things that we can do. Yay! Um, my favorite one is um, really simple, and um, 
uh, I read about this in Scott Cunningham's book because I love Scott Cunningham. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. So when you get a new car or you get your car, even your old car, go to uh, a drugstore, toy store, go to the Dollar Tree, whatever, and get yourself a mean-looking little dinosaur. You know, because this is going to become your car protector. I have had a car protector in my car ever since I've been driving. So you get the meanest looking one, you know, that looks like it's going to rip your head off. And you put it on your dashboard. First you charge it up, you infuse it with like, okay, you're my protector. You're going to protect the car. You're going to protect me when I'm in the car driving. And you're going to protect me and the car from harm. And you put it in your windshield facing out, looking outside the window. And um, I'll tell you something, I have told so many people about this, and maybe they're, maybe if they do get in an accident, they're safe. Mm -hmm. So it is a really simple, easy car protector and a, a, a little spell that you can put in your car. So that's one of them that I have. I love, I love mine. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a dinosaur, it could be a dragon, anything that looks fierce, you know, and scary. I think when I got my new car, you gave me a, a hippo one. Yeah. And I was like, that was good, because hippos are mean as shit. They are. Yeah. They're they very are. mean. They're very mean. Which I feel is misleading, because for some reason, when I look at hippos, I think that they should be really nice and cuddly, probably because they're fat. But it just, it makes me sad that I cannot cuddle one. You know, they're, they're the most dangerous animal. They kill more people than any other animal. You know that, right? I know, but I still want to cuddle one, and I'm upset. <laughs> I think that one would probably cuddle you, because you're so cute. Yeah. Maybe. They'll cuddle me with their teeth. Yeah. <laughs> So, do you have so, a car protector? I don't have necessarily a car protector, but I was thinking about just like to protect from accidents. And when I heard that, I did think car accidents, but then I just thought like accidents in general and just like kind of like just clumsy, derpy, not paying attention kind of thing. So, I came up with something that's got protection with sprinkles of grounding and pay the fuck attention. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could totally make a little mojo bag and put it in your in your glove compartment. Yep. Um, some of the herbs you can use, you, you would use a red cloth, and you would put some comfrey for travel in there. Um, some, I can write a caraway for theft. Rosemary is also for theft. Um, I think this says mugwort for travel as well and you just tie it together and you add a few drops of frankincense oil and you just charge it up and you put it in your glove compartment so you have a little mojo car protector that's going to protect your car and you at the same time i actually made an accident mojo bag too <laughs> okay great minds think alike they do mine is just for like general accident protection so it can totally be put in your car because i think that is probably the biggest place that we're prone to accidents if you don't have a car though like it's something that you can at least just keep with you especially if you're clumsy like me and just have really bad situational yeah I, I mean that's the thing too is like obviously you know there's a lot of time spending cars for people but it, it it's you know people fall yeah so this sounds good for you could put it in your purse or in your pocket yeah, yeah something because it's just like i've got the worst situational awareness like all the fucking time so this is something that i was kind of thinking about for just 
whenever. And so first, it's it's eggshells. Whether you go to your local metaphysical store and get some Casa Korea, um, or you grind it up yourself after you've eaten an egg, you save it and you wash the shell out so it's not sticky and you can break the egg up because the eggshell is the protective shell around an egg. And I have a challenge for everyone. If you get a raw egg, just like a plain like whole raw egg, with one hand, try and squeeze it and see if you can break it. Hmm. You can't. Hmm. Which is trippy because eggshells are so fragile, but they're not because you can't break it. If it's a raw egg that hasn't been cooked or tampered with, you can't break it. Um, so eggshell, black tourmaline for protection, hematite, which is where that grounding comes in, a little bit of rue for protection, and then my little key ingredient is eyebright, which is another herb that is my best friend. I love eyebright. Eyebright is used as a really good psychic awareness third eye herb. I also like to use it anytime that I need to stand out in someone's eyesight or memory like if you're an actor and you're going to go on an audition or you have a job interview or anything where you want to just kind of just like catch someone's eye and be a little sparkly you can throw some eyebright in so i thought eyebright would be cool because not only is it going to make you stand out to other drivers so to speak or something like that but because it is an eye stimulant even if it's just our third eye it makes you more aware and if we're a little bit more aware it's going to reduce our chances of getting accidents first and foremost that's the first thing focus when you're driving mm -hmm. period you know focus especially on these days extra focus for extra protection mm-hmm Drive like a little old lady. It's okay. It's okay. Let everyone honk at you. Fuck them. I have an Italian like car. car. Yeah, drive like a Hawaiian. Spell. Would you like to hear Italian. that? Yes. Italian car protection? Yes. Ooh. So you're going to start out with a white piece of cloth. And in it, you're going to put a piece of palm leaf. You're going to put a little gold horn. You're going to put either a little pair of little scissors or a knife. And you're gonna place all these items in the white cloth and tie the ends together with a red ribbon. And of course you charge it up and you infuse it and you place it in your glove compartment. And I that's love the, that. the Italian car protector. Love it. I yes. think that's amazing. Yeah, kind of cool, huh? I like that, that's a good one. Um, you can also hang from your um, rear view mirror, now where, where was that one? Two herbs, now let me see which ones they were. Um, give me a moment because I have, have to look at my notes. Go ahead, you can talk in a minute. Do, 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 do. And I, of course, I can't read my writing either. So, oh, it also says you can put a bag of salts, just plain sea salts, in your car mm -hmm. for protection as well. Um, for emergency road food seasoning, yeah. double purpose. And go, go Spanishing. Yeah, triple purpose. Fuck it. Think of all the rocks off those Winchester brothers. Remember? They're trying. I love that show so much. I love I was that show so much. I actually talking about it today um, with someone at Green Man. And I brought up the quote where, like, Dean Winchester, he's like, I hate witches. They just spew their bodily fluids everywhere. I <laughs> and I thought about it. I'm like, I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> Hey, they wind up working with with the witch with Rowena, so they. Right? I mean, I'm not I'm not caught up, but you know. They, well, they like do magic all the fucking time. Yeah, I love how they have just like a little metal mixing bowl. Like, who needs a cauldron when you can just use a mixing bowl from Grandma's kitchen? Definitely. <laughs> um, well, this is not the one I was thinking about, but you could also anoint your tires 
um, the hood of your car inside and out with a little frankincense oil. For protection? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I yeah, like that. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, you know, anoint the tires and the inside, your driving wheel. And God's no, I have left my vans in my car. Oh, I need a good smell in my car after <laughs> my car. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> One time I put like a piece of rue with a red ribbon in my car. My dumbass, totally not thinking. It was like the middle of summer and I like put it over my like, you know, on my rear view. That shit baked in the hot Los Angeles sun and my car smelled like burnt cat pee. I didn't know uh, that that smell existed, but it did. Okay, I found it. Yay! Hang two herbs from your rear view mirror, wormwood, and plantain. That's another one for protection. All right. I would have never thought Really? Mm-hmm. I have a very close relationship with wormwood. Okay. And actually plantain also because... Wow. That, okay. Wow. That's super... Thank you. We know what Taddy's doing. All right. I like it. I like it. Now, this is not a protective thing, but do you have a, a car ferry that helps you find parking and stuff? I don't, but we I don't. Have a we have a goddess. Oh, yeah, okay. we oh, have well. a parking okay. goddess. All right. Yeah, I have a parking fairy that I do a little begging for when I need a parking spot. Usually she comes through. Usually, but she's not in this new car that I have. So. I have taught so many people about parking goddess, and then was it? Yeah, last week when we were in Hawaii, we went with a bunch of friends and. Most of them that were with me were are relatively mundane, not witchy. Like they believe in witchy stuff, but they're not active practicing witches. And then by the end of it, you could hear my friend in the back seat going, "Parking goddess, full of grace, help me find a parking space." Like the whole time, and she was trying. She kept saying the little chant wrong. I'm like, "No, it's like she's like, oh, okay, okay." And I'm like, "Don't forget to say thing." She's like, "Oh my god, thank you." But yeah, I'm like, no, the parking god. Everyone now that knows me is like chanting to the parking goddess. So how does one acquire a parking fairy? Well, you know what? I found this little whimsical little stuffed little doll that looked kind of like a cross between a fairy and an elf. Mm-hmm. She was really cute. And I, I saw her at a store, and she became my parking fairy. She stood right there in my little holder in, in the front of the car, and she was, I don't know where she went when I when my other car got mm-hmm. totaled. You were with me that day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She kind of like. She was done. She was done. Peace out, mofos. You know what? Talk about car protection. So when your car got totaled, you weren't in the car. You weren't near the car. So the car, I guess, wasn't technically protected, but you really needed a new one anyway. And that was, I think, one of the things where the universe asks you politely once and then, like, punches you and says, now do what I want. You don't do what the universe will do it for you. Yeah. It's typical. Definitely what happened, but you were safe. Right. I was safe. That's the whole plan with the Mm -hmm. car protection. You want you to be safe yeah and all in all like it worked out for you that you got a new car you got a safer car and everything so it it really like it worked out it it needed to happen but yeah your parking protectors totally came through for you because i don't even know when the that car was hit we don't because we were at work and someone just hit a bunch of parked cars and yours happened to be one of them but it could have happened five minutes after you got into work you don't know so you really like dodged a nice bullet because your car protectors were working serendipitous luck that's great that's that's i mean that's basically what we're talking about you know the the mundane stuff can get you know you can deal with insurance companies and you can deal with car places but it's the bodily harm that we want to avoid at all costs exactly exactly Exactly. so that was that was really good yeah so 
Great. Cool. All right. Do you want to move on to Saturn Return stuff? Yes. All right. So, so I was talking to Taddy. Tell, yeah. Yeah. So let me fill you mofos in. I am, I think, in the middle of my Saturn Return somewhere. And the reason why I say I think is because back in the day, I used to think that Saturn Return was just something that happened and kind of popped up and turned your life upside down when you were like, 28 to like 30 or maybe 33 and that's about all I knew and it was just something that leading up to my 28th birthday I was not excited about it I was not looking forward to it and then I was talking to Taddy and realized that Saturn return is not nearly as simple or really honestly as scary as I thought it was and I've, I've talked to a couple different people that are around their Saturn returning kind of age and they were a little confused as to what it really is, and they were kind of afraid of it. And so I was like, don't worry, my homegirl Taddy got you. All right. So your Saturn return is basically when you were born, everybody gets their birth chart. It's called a natal chart. In your natal chart, you've got all the planets, and they have their degrees. So your Saturn is at a certain degree. Um, you know, for me, Saturn is 21 degrees Gemini. So what that means is anywhere between 27 to 30, Saturn in the sky comes back to where it is in your chart. So Saturn came back to 21 Gemini in, uh, I think I want to say like August of 2002. It happened okay. right when I was 30. So it for, for those of you out there, I made the mistake when I was you know, 27 to 30, I thought the minute that Saturn went into Gemini, I was fucked because mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, I was still kind of learning astrology at that time. You really do need to know the degree of your Saturn and that because the Saturn return does not last the whole two and a half years that Saturn is in your, your birth sign. Mm -hmm. When Saturn is at the degree of your Saturn, that's your Saturn return. Okay. What does that mean? Well, Saturn is the planet of structure. Saturn is the planet of time. Saturn is the Grim Reaper. So when you put all of this together, when you're 27 to 30, you need to be an adult. It's time for you. If, any, if you are still trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life, this is the time where you need to figure it out. Mm -hmm. If you spent your 20s and you were, you know, you just stayed in college, you know, you're, you know, you're the perennial student, the perennial kid. That's when some of these fears that come from the Saturn return come up. Because by the time that you hit 30, you, you're not living with your parents anymore. Typically, hopefully. hopefully, I mean, typically, I mean, I mean, I mean, I know things are different because the economy these days, but, yes. but the point of the story is, is that by the time you reach 30, your life path really should be kind of figured out. Yeah. And when some of these negative fears come up, like your life getting, you know, blown upside down it tends to be because you are not putting in any work. You're not putting in any effort to take that step into adulthood. If you want to think about Saturn return, it really is a time. This is a life, a huge life cycle, and it really should have some sort of, you know, cer ceremony to it. 
um, like a, uh, you know, coming of age. Or it's something. like a coming of age. You know, we don't have enough ceremonies anymore. Uh-huh. Like maybe so. our ceremonies are, you know, birthdays, graduations, and weddings. But this actually, you know, this is a time for you to make an absolute initiatory step into adulthood. For some people, the Saturn return brings finally being able to buy a house, finally, you know, getting married, um, you know, realizing that, you know, the job that you had for the past 10 years was actually not your life purpose. And you realize, hey, I always wanted to be a chef. You go to chef school and become a chef. You, you figure out what it is that you want to do with your life path. Mm-hmm. So the thing about a Saturn return is that there's, it happens again. There's another, there's a second Saturn return that's usually 57 to 60. Now, that Saturn return is very different. The questions that start to come up are, what, what is my life legacy? Am I able to move into retirement? Have I, have I done what I needed to do instead of what is it that I need to do? The Saturn return is, a, is, is absolutely a soul-searching time. It's a time to figure your shit out. Mm-hmm. And if you don't figure your shit out, that's what makes Saturn return scary and big and causes a lot of change because Saturn likes work. And if you're not putting any work or any effort into, you know, in your first Saturn return, figuring out what your life's supposed to be, in your second Saturn return, I haven't done anything. There's, I have nothing. And I'm, I, if I haven't figured it out yet, it, well, forget it. Yeah. That's when you tend to get the problems. Now, is it true? Because I've heard that a lot of people die during their Saturn return. Is that true? They it is. It is true. Because oh. Saturn is the scythe. Saturn is the grim reaper. When you when you look at the, the myth of Saturn, Saturn is uh, Kronos. And Saturn ate, or Kronos ate his babies. Ate his babies because mm-hmm. he didn't want those babies to come up and sabotage him. Sabotage, right? Yep. And sabotage him. And so what happened? Zeus was the one that didn't get eaten, and so Saturn came and destroyed, destroyed. And that's part of that myth. There is a, yeah. there can be a death element, and it's because of the scythe. Now another thing about death and Saturn returns is this is the big culling. If you are doing something with your life that is not right, if you've been in a job and you're not happy, if you've been in a relationship and you're not happy, Saturn will cut that shit out. Kind of like we were saying, the uni- Saturn or the universe will cut the shit out that is not serving you. This is a time when you ask yourself, is this serving me? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, if you make the choice, you know what? I've been doing this job. I don't like it. I, I actually have always wanted to be an artist. And you make that choice to step into that, then, and you know, any change is going to bring in, you know, metaphoric deaths. Like you might, you know, lose a circle of friends that you've been with, that the job that you worked at that that wasn't right for you, you're going to lose that work family that you had, but it's for your ultimate good. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, speaking of death, um, definitely, um, any Saturn return can bring actual death and there, you know, if people are so lucky enough to live 87 to 90, that's the third Saturn return. Okay, no. For people who make it to that one, they tend to be 
like the sage elder. Think about people who are in their 90s. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> they have made it that long and they have done something. They've actually, they've done something right to live that long. Right. Yeah. So it's a time, um, you know, but, uh, it, but you know, if, if you make it all up to your third set and return, that tends to be, the, that's when that, that final ending happens. What about making like quick, uh, quick decisions or like impromptu, like, like, decisions uh that is the opposite of saturn so it's a good time to question you know it's a good time to um you know soul search so in what what tends to happen for somebody who's in the saturn return especially the 27 to 30 oh i'm not married yet i don't have a house yet i'm gonna get married to the first person i'm dating and because i'm old enough and i need to be married like Society tells me I need to be married and have a house. So what'll happen is, is they'll marry the person that they just met. They'll buy a house together, and it'll it'll fall, it'll fall apart because it wasn't actually, you know, maybe that person was the one that needed to be the chef or something. It's a good time to soul search and to question and um, be sure of your decisions. Impulsivity. Impulsive. That's my word. Yeah, impulsivity is Mars, and Mars and Saturn don't play in the sandbox well. Because when I did get married the second time around that age, <coughs> someone who, my friend, God rest his soul, he told me, no wonder you did that. Because you were having your Saturn return. It's it, like, you know, you just jumped into this without mm-hmm. thought, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. And that and that's exactly it. When you jump into stuff because you think you're supposed to. Yeah. That's different than really, this is the right life path for me. Yeah. Right. So I have a, a dear friend to all of us, Alicia, the Naughty Fairy. Yes. Yeah. And I remember I was like 24, 25, and I was talking to her, and I, I had just gotten married, and I was just thinking about a lot of stuff in my life and my purpose, and things were changing, and I didn't really understand how they were changing, so I was really frustrated trying to just like figure out who the fuck I was. And she was like, listen, this is like a, a precursor and a little glimpse into what your Saturn return is, so... All the things that you're thinking about and that you're faced with right now, if you figure it out now, you're going to turn your Saturn return into a kiddie ride instead of a roller coaster. So take this time now while it's hard and figure the shit out before it's explosive later. And that really like just resonated with me when she said that. And I was like, oh man, and it's, it's something that's always stuck with me. Now, do you think that that is, like, I was, like, 24, 25. Do you think that that was kind of, like, a little taste of Saturn return? Does that happen to people, or was that just something that I did? Well, I I, I, I would, I mean, I've looked at your chart. I would like to look at it again to see specific mm-hmm. things. But, see, Saturn works in seven-year cycles. Okay. So, when you're seven, that's your first quarter. When you're 14 to 15, that's your your opposition and think about when you're 14 or 15 right, right, what are those exactly. years like they suck yeah, they yeah. suck Holy cow, and yeah. then you're Gosh. 20 then you're 21 that's another Saturn when you're yeah. 21 that's a Saturn cycle and that's because people get that glimpse of especially in the in the US oh I can drink and I'm in college I'm living on my own oh my god I'm an adult but are you really an adult mm-hmm. yeah you know, you're you know so um I would think that there may just because of the not the the that's not a Saturn cycle twenty four yeah. to twenty five. 
Um, I, I mean, think I, it might just be like a life cycle because now, like, I think about that a lot, especially when, you know, I do readings and I have people around that age and they're trying to figure themselves out. I'm like, maybe it's just a thing that you do at that age. And then it's, you know, things that you maybe just lightly think about and then you, you hit your Saturn return. That's when you really heavily think about it. Like, yeah, you know, definitely. I kind of call it like the Saturn return PMS. Yeah. Of. Maybe it was just like, uh, but the thing is, is that not, you know, not a lot of people Get, I mean, for you to get that, it was really special. I mean, the stereotype of a 24-year-old is not, no. you know, contemplating life issues. It's, you know, how much money do I have and how many drinks could I buy tonight? And that's, I was born as an 80-year-old, which right. is why I thrive that's, at the right. idea of going home and, like, knitting and hanging out with the cat and dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another question is, how long does Saturn return last? How can so someone you, gauge it? You really, really, really need to, to get your you need to get your chart done and have an astrologer look at an ephemeris. Because, for example, so I my my Saturn is twenty one Gemini, and typically what happens with the Saturn return is that Saturn moves along forward moving along moving along moving along you get your Saturn return you get that first like hey what am I doing with my life and Saturn moves past Saturn then stops and retrogrades back and you tend to have another oh my god what am I really doing with my life okay so you get the forward and then you get the the retrograde which is the backward and typically with a Saturn return when you look at that by the time that Saturn moves forward for that third pass, you really have to have an idea of the work that you need to do for the Saturn return because that third pass, if you don't put the effort and the work into your Saturn return, that third pass is when the shit hits the fan, basically. However, for, for me personally, I actually never got that because of the degree and where I, the year I happened to be born, I only had the one pass. Oh, wow. Do you feel that because you only had like a one hit, was it a more intense hit or do you think you got lucky? Um, I think both. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, you know, just because I, you know, I know, I don't, I don't rem I mean, I know we've talked a lot of, cause you're like in it right now, but so my Saturn's in my 12th house. 12th house is, tends to be. Um, the unseen, the twelfth house is can be kind of some depression issues, and the twelfth house is like um, it's it's the twelfth house is is a little nebulous because it's it's the subconscious and the unseen, and basically my Saturn return for me did I'm a go 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 happy happy camper tatty, but I have. I have a dark passenger. I got this depression thing that I always like never let anybody know about. So my Saturn return was, hey, why am I always depressed when I'm living with my boyfriend? I got a good job. I have a good time. I'm living in San Francisco again with the 6 a.m. DJ, right? Like, why am I getting depressed? Well, you know what? Happiness and contentment take work. It re They really do. And so for me, it was realizing I have to put my happiness and my mental health in a really important thing. And I started going to count. That's when I finally started going to counseling. Okay. So, you know, was it, was it intense? Yes. Was I lucky? I think a little bit, you know, uh, you, you know, but on, on the other hand, it was, it was really 
a depressing time for me. Mm-hmm. It was hard. And it was confusing because I was like, why am I so depressed when I have all these things that I think I want, you know? Yeah. Interesting. So, I don't know if that if that helps. Does that help answer yes. that? Yes. Yeah. No, that totally does. But, like, I mean, in, in, in sense of time, like, is it a month? Is it a year? Is it a... So, what will happen is, is if um, you'll have, like, a few weeks... And then you'll get a break, a little break, and then those few weeks will come up again. Uh-huh. Like maybe a th- it could be anywhere from three to six months later, and then you get a break, and then you'll if you get that third pass, that's another chunk of like the week, the few weeks that you're gonna go through it. But I just really wanna wanna hit home again. Remember the entire time that Saturn is in your birth sign, you are not experiencing your Saturn return, and you are not fucked. It's probably. It's starting to ruminate. And I think that's probably why, because I knew that Saturn was going into Gemini. I was like, and in April of 2001, I was like, oh, Saturn's in Gemini. I'm having my Saturn return. I wasn't yet, but I was starting to ruminate on the things because I knew, I knew, I didn't realize that the, how importance, the importance of getting a reading and looking at the degrees was. Okay. I do have to say that for years, I thought that when Saturn return hit, it was like on your 28th birthday. No. And I don't know why, but in my head, someone must have told me this. I don't know. But I was dead set on believing that it lasted for like two to three years. Well, Saturn is in the same sign for two and a half years. Okay, because he moves slowly. Because right? he, he moves slowly. But the thing, the thing is, is that when you have the Saturn return, it does kind of brew in your life in your early 30s. Because it's mm-hmm. not like, it's like if you realize I'm not in the right job I want to be in and I need to go to school, like... That work that you're doing to put yourself on the path, it usually, it, it's going to take, it's going to move into your early 30s. It's going to yeah. take time to ruminate, even though the actual return is done. It still made me feel better, though, when I talked to you, because I was under the assumption that the next, like, two to three years of my life were going to be, like, just fucking madness. That's not And then you're like, no, that's not how it works. Like, it's going to flare up for a little bit, and then it stops, and then he goes backwards, and I was like... Okay, so he's just going to come in and out. That's so much better than just a constant clusterfuck. I like the flare-up. I like that. <laughs> yeah. it, that's literally what it is. Like, you're going to get your time your time where it's flared up and, and you're going to, you know, you know, you know some, for some people, the Saturn return literally is they, get, they do get married. Mm-hmm. And their life as a single person is gone. They move into a home with their husband or wife, and it's a much different lifestyle than living with the five roommates in the two-bedroom house. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. like, this is, this is, you know, the Saturn, the Saturn return, you know, for, you know, I wonder, I wish I, I, you know, for somebody who was, like, in medical school, when do you think they're finally done? Like, it's close, like, oh, shit. if you That's think true. about it, like, isn't it closer to when they're older like for everyone listening that has already experienced their Saturn return so the time frame would be like 27 to 30 yeah when it starts I would like you guys to think back on that age and think about what you encountered what was your coming of age was it something that was mildly uncomfortable did shit hit the fan if there's anything that did happen that you want to share with us please feel free to write us and let us know because we would we would love to hear it and kind of just kind of and I mean see. and the same thing for people who are fifty seven to sixty or or past that are listening because it's it's a very different Saturn return but it is a Saturn return it's similar. I would love to hear about what because I feel like I, you hear so much about your first Saturn return because I think that's when it's like you're scared of it more. 
But I would love to hear about what other people's second I, one was like. I know some people that I've, you know, done readings for, they actually, that's when they finally wrote their book. Fuck like, they're, yeah. they're like, like, they had had this job and then they, they had always been wanting to do this thing and they finally got their book out mm-hmm. because yep. that's their legacy. I love it. That's or, really or like, that's when they became a grandparent. Okay. That's, all right. That's, yeah. That's, that, Which is know, still legacy. Yeah. All of these things, you know, astrology is not always trying to fuck you or astrology is not trying to make you turn you into a God. It literally can come either. It, it, there's always a positive or a negative way that it can manifest. And what I learned in my Saturn return return is that it, there is work to put into being happy and content and all this stuff. You know, you, you, you got to put an effort into these time cycles because the effort is like the the glue that holds it together and helps you i like it i like it so i hope that that dispelled some of the fear around the mythical saturn return um because when i when i sat down and talked to you about it it made me feel a lot better and so then with the podcast i was like i think that she could make a whole lot of people feel a lot better and not be as scared of it because it just always seem like this really big terrifying thing and I also think just like if any if you guys have ever like had a really intense reading where someone's told you like hey some like unpleasantness is going to come up in your life you get really scared of it and then you kind of forget about the reading and then you just go through it and the waters are just a little choppy but at that point you've kind of gotten used to it so it's not as terrifying as you thought so I would really like to try and just dispel some fear around things that are inevitable like Saturn return Absolutely. So, and the, the thing cool. is, I mean, it, it can absolutely be, be um, unpleasant. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes those unpleasant times that you live through, you know, make what you they make you way stronger Ooh. and you come out of them, you, you know, knowing what so no, you learn, you learn what you really want, what yeah. you don't want. And sometimes learning what you don't want is actually very positive. way more helpful than learning what you want. Yes, exactly. I think all of us have been there at some point in our lives where we've been put in situations that were just awful but you've learned so much from it so that now you can just be like been there done that don't want to do it again but i've done it you know and so i think saturn returns probably gonna be one of those except guess what bitches you do have to do it again three times if you are lucky (laughs) yes and you know for for those of you out there that may not know your saturn you know i can definitely if you don't want to do a full hour reading we can do some sort of saturn 15 minute thing you know Ooh, just te- yeah saturn, saturn specials saturn up. specials you know um you know taddy mccoy at gmail.com we can um, Guys, i work with everybody up she is awesome She's and she Thank makes you. everything so understandable you can understand what the hell is going on and it's not scary i totally recommend it um and with that we're gonna segue out of the march madness out of the Saturn return madness and into our shout outs. Who okay. wants to start? Uh, 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 I'm going to start. Yeah. Because I had such an amazing ritual last weekend. I want to shout out to my cousin because you guys blew me out of the water. It was so powerful. Good. It really was. It really was. I was like so pleased and so high after it. Yeah. So to my cousin. Love you guys. That's awesome. Um, I'm shouting out to my bestie, Kayla Caden. Because, not that I'm going through a Saturn return, but sometimes the waters are choppy for Daddy. And she's the kind of friend, I mean, I could call her at 3 in the morning if I needed to. 
I could call her anytime. I can call her laughing. I can call her crying. And she's just, you know, she's just rock solid. And Kayla, I love you so much. Thank you for all your love. Unconditional. I love it. It's so good to have friends like that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Go Kayla. Yeah. My shout out is to my hair witch, Lily. Um, she's a really good friend of mine. I actually met her through Green Man. She moseyed into the store one day on her birthday going, I need a car candle. I need a car. And we did the candle and she got her car and she like randomly found me online afterwards and we just really hit it off she's my hairdresser and my hairstylist and as I put it it's her hair I just grow it um so she always does a really good job with that because I don't take care of my hair and so I love it like when I do see her it's not like hey how have you been it's so how's your hair because that's the and you know she'll like go through my bathroom and like look at my hair products to make sure she approves she almost never does and I always get lectures but um we went to Hawaii last week together and it was such a fun experience. I mean, it's Hawaii. Like, can you really have a bad time in Hawaii? But it was really nice to go with her. She just made it so much more fun and more exciting. And I just feel like that whole trip just brought us even closer together. So, mad love to Lily. And I got to... Your hair... The, the, sh- For those of you who can't see, <laughs> like, her hair used to be, like, fuchsia. And now it's this, like, delicious cotton candy pink. And it's... I love it. It's so, like, good Good on you, Lily. Thank you. I'm going to purposely play this episode for her, this part, so she can hear it. Because it, it was such a big change for me. And it was really funny. As she was pulling the fuchsia out of my hair and doing everything, I was like, oh, shit, we didn't get a before picture. And she's like, girl, you've been fuchsia for five years. There's a hundred yeah. before pictures. So it was, it was cool to do something new. It was scary and adventurous. And... It takes me a minute sometimes because I'll go and I'll look at myself in the mirror and expect to see my fuchsia hair and then I'm like kind of blonde and kind of rose gold and kind of cotton candy and I'm like what? And so Lily is super fucking psychic in the weirdest ways and anytime I think about my hair she'll send me a message so I'm in the mirror this morning like touching it and being like I'm blonde. There's blonde. What's happening right now? And she texts me and she's like dear God you didn't dye your hair hot pink did you? And I'm like, how the fuck did she know that I was having a weird moment? But I, I do. I love my hair. She's really good with it. Uh, when she lifted all the fuchsia out of my hair, because I would, like, bleach my roots myself to touch it up. And she went, oh, my God, look at that Tijuana blonde under here. What have you done? Oh, wow. And then she realized that I do brassy roots because I'm that kind of girl. And she was not okay with it. And I got a lecture about how to treat her hair properly. That's why we need our hair girls. Newsflash, I'm still not going to treat it properly, so she's going to have lots more brass roots that she's going to have to fix. <laughs> okay, well. All right, that, so. Thank you guys so much thanks. for listening. Happy March. It, uh, actually, oh, I was going to say that. The astrology, the whole thing is, is um, uh, March is in like a lion and, no. In like a lion, lion out. Like no, a, in like a lamb out like a lion? No. In, in like a lion out like a lamb? Yeah. Is that it? I think so. I think that's how it Yeah, goes. I wanted to flip it because <laughs> it's 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 in a little weird because of that Mercury retrograde and we got that Venus square. It's actually going out like a lion this year because that's a that's a lot of yes. roar. In like a lion. Out like a lion. Yeah, well this time Oh it's, no, that's bullshit because now I'm seeing another one in like a lamb. I don't know. All I'm saying is it's in like a weirdo and out like a lion. Comes in like a lion, goes out like a lamb. In the 19th century, it was used as a prediction on uh, the weather. early March weather, yes. Yeah, well, uh, astrologically, you know, 
Yeah. So we're going in like lambs coming out like lions. We're going in like weirdos. In like we're going in like platypuses and out <laughs> like lions. Okay, can I just say in the platypus's defense that the male platypus has a venomous claw on his little They're they're a little claw. weird. They're a little weird though. A they got bit. they got they the weird like, bodies. They're like prehistoric. They just they're squishy. Weird. I want to squish a platypus and snuggle a hippo. I if anyone too. has a pet platypus because I'm assuming that's a little bit more doable than a, a pet hippo, um, hit me up. I would like to squeeze his fat belly. Oh my god! Doesn't don't they look like you could just squeeze it? They're so fat. I'd rather hug a manatee, but that's me. I mean, I'm all for that too, which is why we're gonna go to Florida because we're gonna hug a manatee out of manatee rescue somewhere, and then we're gonna go see Robert the doll. Yes, and then we're gonna do a podcast from there. Buck yeah, we are. So hook us up with a store out there in Florida, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Where are our Florida peeps at? Because we, we, we're doing Robert the Doll. Have you been informed about Robert the Doll? Yes, I know about Robert Okay, the cool. Doll. Just major. Ricky is not signing up for that. He will drop us off. And Oh, yeah, that's right. So we did talk about Robert the Doll yes. with Hovick and Jason. And then later afterwards, Hovick sent me a picture. They were at this like Amazon like locker thing. And it said, hi, I'm Robert. And Hovick was like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> So yeah, so no, we yeah, hook us up in Florida, guys. We have manatees and cursed dolls to see and shit going on. Absolutely, and a greet and a meet. Yeah. So yeah, let's do it, Florida bound. All right. All right. All right. And on that note, Mary meet, Mary part, and, and Mary, Mary meet, meet again. again.